Welcome to the Doing Good Business Podcast, designed to bring out the best in you and your organization. I'm Laura Heacock, a leadership coach on a mission to create a culture where business is the true balance of head and heart. I work with leaders and companies on how to leverage my brand of kindness to gain powerful results. And I'm Kelly Stewart of The Positive Business, helping you shift conversations to identify what works and find ways to build on that success with people, planet, and profit in mind. The Doing Good Business Podcast is the place to learn about transformational leadership qualities and purpose-driven business practices that are essential to success in today's modern market. You can make the world a better place through business, and the business case for that starts now. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Doing Good Business. Super excited to be here. Welcome back. And today's guest is Kelly and I are super psyched. We've kind of been texting back and forth about like, oh my gosh, we can't wait to talk to this person. Um, So our guest today is someone named Don Finley, and I am really proud to be able to call Don a good friend, but I'm also happy because Don can explain difficult things to me in a way that I understand. And he's going to do a little bit of that for us today. So Don, give us your intro. Let us know a little bit about who you are. Oh, okay. Kelly, Laura, Thank you so much for having me today. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure to sit here with you and talk about actually everything that we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. So uh, my name is Don Finley. I uh, live in Philadelphia. I've been here for the last 15 years and you know I'm the founder of Findustries, a consortium of tech companies that focuses on emerging technology such as blockchain development, artificial intelligence, and internet of things. Uh, and in addition to that, I'm the founder of Suit Seekers. That is a, a community of individuals looking to combine their spiritual practices with their business practices as well. Yeah. That's okay. Cool. <laughs> Can I just jump and say, it's not even a question. May I make a statement on the podcast? Yeah. I'm so excited for this episode <laughs> because- Like Kel, it's our podcast. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot. Um, this is so exciting because I love it when something is hot, like this, this whole thing is hot and that we get the opportunity to dive into it the best way we know how, which is to look at this through the lens of doing good business. So I love it when two things that seemingly are not the same come together and we can share this. Well, one, we can learn about it and two, we get to share it with all of our listeners. So that's all. I just wanted to say thank you. (laughs) No, thank you. You're the best, Kel. So Don, I know your journey. I know how you got to where you are, but I'd love for you to share that with our listeners. And, you know, spoiler alert, the end game is that Sooth Seekers is something called a DAO, which is a decentralized autonomous organization, which I learned from Don the first time he texted me and said, have you heard of DAOs? And I thought of Taoism and I had to Google and I was like, oh my gosh, tell me more, but tell us your story. Tell us how you got to the place that you are. And then somewhere in there, explain better than I just did what a DAO is. I actually just got a comment on the whole Dow thing because <laughs> you know, that's that fantastic. That text. <laughs> I mean, our text messages could literally go from Dow to Dow to Dow. Yeah, like, exactly. You would never kind of like miss a beat. So exactly. that's fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah. So my story is I, I grew up always wanting to be an entrepreneur. And as I, I got through the corporate life, went from organization to organization, I had the opportunity to start my own software development agency about 10 years ago now. 
and in that process, you know, found that it was just really nice to be able to help other companies solve difficult problems, bringing greenfield ideas to life and being able to use emerging technology in the process. Uh, it's given a lot of joy and, you know, over the course of the years, building a business has been both entertaining, challenging, uh, probably one of the, the best exercises in self-development that I could have ever gone through myself. Uh, and so roughly about four years ago now, uh, Finistries was hitting on all cylinders. Uh, everything was going fantastic month after month. Revenue was increasing. Uh, and you know, things were looking great on paper and I was somewhat miserable mm-hmm. and it was a very difficult dilemma in, I was looking at the business and looking at everything on paper saying, this is everything that I have ever asked for. And it's moving in a direction that's fantastic. But at the same time, I really want off this train. Uh, I was working about hundred hours a week and loved every minute of it, but I wasn't seeing my friends and family. And so in a moment of kind of, I guess, exasperation, I, I looked at it and said, I, I got to make some changes. And so thankfully I had a trip planned, uh, with some close friends, we were climbing Kilimanjaro and that is an entire story in itself, but I can imagine I'm like, like you do. <laughs> and I'll give you the highlights. It started out with our bags being lost. And so oh, I, no. I started the climb without any of my stuff and a Jansport backpack with my water <laughs> bladder from my other bag oh. tied to the back. Um, and then our bags didn't get delivered to us for another four days Oof. in which half my stuff had been stolen. Oh no. But the real gist of this story and the, the culminating point was we got to the caldera and the beautiful thing about the climb, the last day of your climb is you start at midnight and you finally reach the caldera around 6 a.m. And when you get to the top, the first thing that you do is you turn around, look at the second peak, uh, and right over top of it, the sun is rising. Mm. And so from 19,000 feet in the air, you're watching this glorious sunrise through the clouds over another mountain. And I was like, nah, this is kind of blah. Oh. <laughs> and so all my friends though, have this like elated look on their eyes. And like, now I can look back at that moment and see the beauty in that. But it was that moment in time that I knew that I needed to make a change. Uh, and so, you know, we, another few hours and we had summited the mountain and we're on our way down, um, end up going on a, a gorgeous safari after that and the beaches of Zimbabwe too. But on the flight home, I, I recognize that, you know what, Finistries is great. I absolutely love it. And it's time that we create another pivot, but I didn't know where to go. Uh, and a few months prior to that, actually, sorry, about a year prior to that, I met another group of individuals who had some of the deepest, closest personal relationships that I've ever seen amongst a group of friends. Uh, And I knew that whatever they were doing, I wanted to kind of identify what that was so that I could also bring that into my life. And so once I landed in, uh, in these States again, got through customs, I picked up my phone and I called one of the guys and I was like, Hey, what are you guys doing next? 
And they're like, well, we're actually heading to Peru in like four weeks. Do you want to go? And I was like, sign me up. So I end up in Peru. And as, as I'm talking, talking with these guys, hanging out with them, just enjoying the experience of being in this like beautiful country, this where everybody leads from their heart and everybody extends themselves out to be of service to everyone around them. I noticed that I only wanted to work with friends. And so my, my struggles of trying to figure out whether I was going to work a hundred hours a week or see my friends and family was a terrible question to ask. The real question is how could I actually integrate my experience of my friends and family with the work that I love to do? And so Findustries transformed from that trip of being just a straight up, like, let's look at the numbers. Let's look at the work that we need to do. Let's serve our clients in a way that delivers the work product in the best possible way to one that let's deliver the best possible work product. And at the same time, do it with the people that we love to be with and the people that we want to be with. So uh, as soon as we came back to, or as soon as I got back to the United States, we, we started looking at who are the friends that we have in the business, who are the friends that we have outside the business, uh, and look to transition ourselves from that corporate culture to one of family and seeing how we could you know, introduce friendship at every level, start to see our employees as being more than one dimensional than the work product, see our employees as like the growth that they wanted to have, the growth that their families wanted to have and who they wanted to have in their lives, as well as what industries could bring to the table there. Uh, and in that evolution, uh, I no longer, you know, am fearing kind of the work. Uh, I'm also found that, you know, we can be more empathetic to everybody around us. Uh, in that transition, we we ended up cutting a significant chunk of our client base because we saw that we couldn't have the relationships that we wanted to develop. But over time, we've replaced them with people that we just love. And so that's kind of the expression of how Findustries has, has grown into this. Uh, another transition that occurred is as a consulting business, you know, we had people on the books who were billing out. Uh, and so what we did is looked at how can we create more win-win situations between our, our friends. So a lot of the work that we've done today has moved from straight up consulting to let's actually uh, create revenue shares between the organizations. Many of the employees of industry spun out to start their own businesses to provide their services so that we could do it in a straight up rev share basis as well. Wow which is a complete, complete understatement to everything that you've just shared with us. There's so much in there that's amazing from a strategic perspective. I'm just wrapping my brain around some of this Absolutely. and hoping that Laura wants to come in with a question. Yeah, no. So I, I what I was thinking, and this will be a statement before a question, but we're just going to roll with that because that's our theme today. Sure. I, <laughs> you hear so much in like the traditional business world, which the whole reason Kelly and I do this is because we don't believe that that is working for anyone anymore, but don't mix business and pleasure. Don't miss friends mm -hmm. in business. Don't, you know, the two don't mix, right? They have to be separated. And on the individual level, I think about, you know, check your problems at the door and just come in and do the job. And I think the company version of that is, you know, you've got to separate business and friendship. And and how many years, Don, has it been since you kind of made that integration and started looking at things from that? We want everyone to be, we want to work 
for and with friends? Yeah. So that was at the end of 2018. Okay. Awesome. And I got to tell you the, the advice that I got when I was younger is don't mix, you know, business and pleasure. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I feel like a lot of people get that, uh, younger people that I talk to today still get that advice from people. And I will tell you (laughs) every person I talk to, I just tell them that's complete bullshit. Nice. Like you will literally ruin yourself trying to tear yourself apart between the two. Mm -hmm. Um, and why live a life that hides half of you from the other half? Mm. Right. Absolutely. And that's a big part of this podcast. You know, it's recognizing how people are investing in themselves in, in hard dollars, but, and also in other ways to be the best of who they are and why should they have to leave that at the door, whether that's a virtual door or a real door to be successful at work. And I think that's what makes this idea of introducing friendship, such a provocative proposition because we have all been told, as you, you and Laura have both said that, we have all been told, don't do this. And you're saying, mm, no, this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. Did it help as we went into the pandemic? So if this was the end of 2018, do you feel that kind of, I'll, my own words, fortifying the, in, the company with this friendship strategy is what I'll call it. Um, do you feel that helped? see see you through some of the challenges that arise during the pandemic? 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'd already fostered the relationships between everyone to kind of like find support systems where needed. I think that our teams were very well able to handle like the mental load of the significant changes that were coming into the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, plus being a consulting company, right? Like we were the first, first item to be cut from any budget. Uh, and so we saw a pretty significant toll on our, our deal pipeline. And at the same time, you know, the ideas coming from the team for how we could get through this, you know, they were amazing. Yeah. Right. Like you've, you really tapped into and understanding. And like when team members needed to take time for their family or they were having things going on, they knew that they had friends that they could reach out to who would be both understanding. And it wasn't about like swallowing your tongue and getting the job done. Mm-hmm. So Don, I know some of, some of what resulted from those travels that you mentioned is, you know, I don't know if result is the right word, but a piece of those travels that you mentioned is your own spiritual journey. And, you know, we'll get into soothseekers in a little bit, but you know, for right now, it's been four years since you decided we're only going to do business for and with friends, you know, as the leader, you know, the CEO of Industries, how has your own personal spiritual journey impacted that company? Part of Industries has been like an evolution of my own personal development. Hmm. And I, I see spirituality and personal development to be very tightly close, mm-hmm. uh, t- tightly related. Uh, I believe the saying is like, I think it was Rumi who said, whenever I went looking for God, I found myself. Whenever I went looking for myself, I found God. Mm, right. And in, in my own spiritual development and spiritual practices, um, it, it's been one of those things that just pays, it, it pays dividends every day to take care of yourself and then come into the business. 
Um, and at the same time, opening that I, that idea up to everyone else seems to just create an environment in which, you know, we, we are constantly growing. We're constantly looking for challenges that, you know, we can take on for ourselves and for the business. Um, but for the most part, it's created a culture where, you know, your own evolution is, is where you want to see your evolution and how that applies back to the business is almost secondary, but there's always a reward that the business gets from you taking that introspective look on yourself. Okay. So now I'm at that place where I'm going to trip because I'm like, that's everything. And Don, you I know, know. Well to know, I'm like, this is everything I tell every leader I sit with. I'm like, you can't do anything unless you start with you. Like you have to start with yourself. And then those ripple effects just go out into the world because everywhere in every relationship you show up in, when you shift, they shift and the relationships change and the business changes and the customers change. So this is why you're my friend. Thank you. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> I, I had an experience this past weekend where I was being guided into um, a very deep space inside myself. And one statement that came out that I absolutely adore was let the world come out through your being. Oh, wow. And so it, what this spiritual practice has allowed is that it shifted my being into a space that is more loving, is more empathetic, is mm. more capable of leadership through those uh, capacities. Uh, and it's not that I had to learn how to do it. It's come out from a natural sort of place of being. It's not a, it's more of a remembering of, of those aspects than one that has to be taught in a course. Mm. That is beautiful. And a lovely segue, because as I'm sitting here listening to you so elegantly and eloquently describe all that you've experienced, which you're putting into place, I'm sitting here thinking, oh, are you bottling this? Can you bring it to others? And then I remembered you have Seekers. So let's talk about that and, and tell our audience, how did that come about? What is it? What ended up happening is Finistries is a business that's a culmination of probably about 60 different companies with about 30 agents uh, that are out selling our, our wares. Uh, and the framework that we've used has allowed us to basically divide the pie in ways that, you know, everybody gets what they contribute as well as being part of the community. Um, and in that focus, we've, we found that, you know, we get some really ambitious people, we get some really caring people. And where I was looking to kind of go is how can we take, this is just one organization. How can we take the spiritual practices that like we've developed as a team into the general business world. Uh, because while we've been able to create this consortium of companies, we've built it around the economic principle of growth. What if we took that and looked at like, how can we create a, an engine of spiritual growth for the people that are part of this? And so the suit seekers mission is really empowering conscious leaders to fuse spirituality and business through a transformative community. So for, for, I'm, I'm not even going to pretend that it's only for our listeners, for our listeners and myself, <laughs> yeah. all of us here. Uh, <laughs> I, I would say for, and I will say this for myself, I have, you know, this kind of nascent understanding of 
DAOs and in in business especially. And I tend to think about them in terms of blockchain and cryptocurrency and things that are emerging. Yep. It okay. So I was just my first question, right? Is that is that true? Are there yeah. other examples of DAOs and how is Soothseeker either the same or different from that kind of fledgling understanding that and I that's a lot a, of us have? A perfect understanding. Okay. Um, Thank you. DAOs themselves are, I would say, relatively new in the, you know, within the last decade, right? As a as a terminology. Um, and they are rather specific to organizations that are in the crypto space in blockchain as well. And why that is, is because the blockchain technology has allowed for these decentralized autonomous organizations to exist at a scale that we really haven't seen them before and a fluidity of going in and out that we haven't seen as well. Uh, In comparison, like today we have companies that are uh, employee stock owned, right? Mm -hmm. Or co-ops or associate stock ownership plans as well. And so some of the companies that we all know, like Gore-Tex is, I believe, an ESOP, employee stock ownership plan. Mm -hmm. And so the employees are the owners of that business. Mm -hmm. And that's basically what a DAO is. The participants of that organization are controlling what is actually going to be happening with it. They're setting the strategy. They're part of the governance um, it's not a separate class of people that own versus the ones who work in it, but it's a combined class. Now, where DAOs create a different type of relationship with the world is Gore-Tex got together or the Gore company got together to create products and they created a product and then they sold it to market. And then their growth of their community that was part of that was based on the success of their product, their vision for what they could be- bring to the outdoor world. DAOs kind of flip that around. So mm-hmm. DAOs are being built right now with the primary thing of, of gathering people around a, a vision, a, an idea of here's what we want to bring to the world, and then bringing those people together who want to see that come to fruition mm-hmm. before they even have products. Okay. So Basically, what you do is you're getting your community together and saying, hey, here's the problem we're solving. And the community fosters around like, hey, I have these skill sets. We have these resources. Let's do this first and bring this to market. And then the community is also going to be the population of people that are using it as well. Okay. Well, I love this. And um, Laura knows, our listeners know I'm a lot of the work that I do is rooted in something called appreciative inquiry. I don't know if, if you might be familiar with it, but there's so much of what you just said is part of, like, as Laura said earlier, I tell my clients all the time. Well, let me say, I tell my clients all the time, <laughs> you know, you start with this kind of aspiration and where do you want to be? You make that statement and everything flows that way. So that's a ridiculously short explanation, but what you just described sounds very similar. And um, of course I'm, I'm all lit up. I love hearing that. Oh, fantastic. What stood out for me and, and like, Don, you continuously have to check me on this. It's like, wait a minute, we don't, we're not, there's nothing to launch. Like there's not right. a product here. Like we're just, it's <laughs> like, 
And Don, you've even said like, yeah, I know it's like, I'm constantly unlearning what we've all learned for, you know, like 20 and 30 years. And, and I think that's so interesting. Like, it's really just, it's kind of the culmination of what you described in your journey so far. It's like, you don't have to separate business and friendship and you can actually just bring like-minded people together and see what comes of it. And you put some, you know, so Dal's and tell me if this is accurate. Like my understanding is that there's not like an org structure. So it's not like you're not the CEO of Sooth Seekers, but there's more so like agreements around roles. Is that, am I getting it right? <laughs> so you end up with like an, an emergent org structure. Okay. Um, now, in some cases, you may have a person that represents themselves as the CEO. Okay. Um, it's very few and far between and culturally within the crypto community, it's kind of poo-pooed upon yeah. um, for the aspect of like DAOs, need to have more of a emergent leadership around issues, not a positional authority uh, inside of the organization. And so like, if the three of us are in a DAO together, we all bring three different things. We're going to lean on the other person for their strengths when they come in and rely on their authority in some capacity. Mm -hmm. Uh, Additionally, governance within DAOs tends to focus on either, you know, who, who is participating. So an individual gets a vote for any sort of proposal. And those proposals could also say like, Hey, for the next year, we're setting this person up in a leadership position, or we're setting this person up as a community manager. Um, because what you'll end up having is let's say you have a community of 10,000 people you need some some group of people who have authority to act on the behalf of the community mm-hmm. in a way and also some limitations on what they can do with the the other call out being you want the community to basically pick who those people are and you do that through the how the governance protocols are defined okay hmm. i'm following that okay cool i believe um and so I'll paraphrase. It's almost like then you have um, councils that form as needed, a, a council of people as opposed to an a, a individual in a role. And they, oh, you know what? Almost like a neural network, right? They're forming, unforming, reforming. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> and um, now this brings, you know, for anyone who is listening who might be feeling like, wow, this is a really big shift. I'm going to add to that by asking you, does strategy exist in a DAO? Like, does it exist as we know it? Is it something completely different? Is there, you know, I hear what you're saying about the the paths and there's this aspiration of where we want to go with this. How does it happen? I guess is what I'm asking. And, And I say that, Don, fully acknowledging that 70% of all strategic execution fails traditionally, (laughs) right? Typically, as we hear about it, (laughs) reported for the last 30 years. So we'll just put that in the parking lot. But how then organically or otherwise do things come to fruition? Yeah. So there's like eight ideas that are running through my head right now as far as like how I want to share. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's start with onboarding uh, and like community growth. So, typical strategy for a startup is let's find a market, 
Let's find a need. Let's fill that need. Once we fill that need, we'll grow a community and those will be our evangelists that will then, you know, further refine how we're actually going to market. Right. Right. Dow goes, let's create a vision, you know, and that vision is solving a need. Let's find the people who are passionate about that. And once you find the people that are passionate about it, let's find out what they really want to be solved or what they want to be involved in solving. Mm -hmm. And from there, you're setting the course and where you're going. Um, On another level, if we go back to traditional, you may have a population of a million people that are using your product, and you may have a population of 50 people that are deciding strategy. We're making up numbers. So like, Mm -hmm. but it is proportionally, it can be along those lines. Whereas with a DAO, because you're, hopefully your ownership structure, your governance structure, and the the tokenomics of how people are holding, you know, their, their involvement in the community is much more dispersed. You may have a few people that are making proposals, but you're going to have a significant chunk of your user population is also going to be voting on what your direction is going to be. And so communication externally Mm -hmm has a a lot stronger say in where the strategy of the the community is going. Uh, And with that, I think you end up having like a a closer relationship and a stronger dialogue going on between your power users, your power community members, the people who really want to be involved in your core contributors. You had like so many ways to respond to that. And I'm just like, wow, so many ways to take this information in, yeah. <laughs> right? That it is. Well, and that's kind of the beauty of where we sit with DAOs today is that it's a very new idea in the right. execution of like traditional business. Um, you know, it, it has been going on in the crypto community for let's just say the last 10 years, but every year it, it becomes more available to more use cases. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, crypto adoption is still very low. And mm-hmm. then crypto participation is an even lower quantity of people than that. And so there's plenty of people out there who can be part of this, who can join, who can look at how they can participate in new ways. Uh, and so I'm sure that we'll be evolving this discussion over the next couple of decades as well. Well, I hope, certainly hope we are. I mean, that's true. Yeah. Right. This is, this is amazing. And you're right. I mean, I think I'll speak for myself. I sometimes forget how long things are in development before they really come to fruition. Um, I might've mentioned this before on the podcast. I'm sure I've mentioned it to Laura, but you know, I, I have a, an affinity for old, like seventies, eighties detective shows. And there was an episode of Magnum PI from the eighties and the whole episode, it was very like cloak and dagger. The Navy was involved and a scientist. And it was all about, he had, he in this fictional account had invented quote unquote, artificial intelligence, which nobody, you know, it feels like such a current thing, but it's actually been going on for a long time. And I think that, you know, sometimes it it helps to remember that these things are being shaped and formed and reformed as they they go along, which made me think as a participant, as a member of the community of, of Soothe Seekers, what do 
or what might, I guess, business leaders bring back to their organizations right away? So if we were looking for some natural next steps for people, um, what do they, what do you say? Are there any trends about what they might start bringing back into their organizations to start incorporating more of this? And is that the right setup for that question? And like, is that what happens? So right now, Suit Seekers is is very much in its early stages and recruiting core members to the team to help to create those like that onboarding process of how do you bring people in? What do they gain immediately from that? Mm -hmm. um, because as we all know, like relationships are built on smaller transactions, building up to larger transactions, or at least that's mm -hmm. one way to do it. Uh, and so we're evaluating and kind of like trying new things as far as how people come in and what they can bring out. Uh, what seems to stick with people though, is generally the idea of looking at life in more than a one dimensional capacity and being present to what the current moment unfolds in front of you. Mm -hmm. hmm. Yeah. All right. Wow. This has been almost meditative for me. I have to say you've really... Laura, you are so, so right, as you always are, that Don, you can explain things really well. And thank you for that, because it really has taken me, I feel like I've been on a trip and, and visiting this, this. The land of Dow. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say, is it a concept? Is it a, like, and all of that is so exciting to someone like me who loves to learn. Um, but thank you for it, because it's just been a, a wonderful exploration and an opportunity to look at something in a completely different way and in a way that you've made so easy to understand for us. So thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Well, and thank you for just, I mean, look, now I feel like I'm going to be a coaching client. So my takeaways for today are um, <laughs> you can mix business and friendship and maybe you should. Um, you can certainly bring your personal spiritual journey into your professional realm and it's never just one dimensional, right? Like, yes, we don't see things as they are. We see them as we are. And even we are not one dimensional. So yeah. Laura, you're a very good coaching cl um, client. client right. I think like that's, that's what I was not able to articulate there. It's, this is a multi-dimensional approach to doing things that traditionally has been had a very flat approach. Yeah. And uh, I think that's, I love that. I love that. And I'm going to end it on a little bit lighter note. You use the word caldera and no one knows this, but that's one of my most favorite words in the English language. Oh my gosh. I didn't know that about you. Yeah, it is. Oh, that's There's fantastic. just something about that word. I am just, I've been drawn to since I first learned what it was. And I don't know there's just something mysterious about it and it sounds exotic and I don't know. That's so cool. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> that is awesome. So Don, anything you. you want to leave folks with or anywhere folks should, uh, should find out more about any of your ventures. Yeah. So feel free to join us at Suit Seekers. Um, which how, would, is, how would one do that? <laughs> let's uh, the website is www.sootheseekers.com. Link in the show notes. Awesome. Awesome. And then, uh, you know, feel free to reach me by email. It's don at fin.dustries.com. Awesome. Awesome. So I want to read one thing from the Soothseekers website right above where people can 
join the Discord, join our Discord, come to grow, play, and create in a community curated for spiritual entrepreneurs. I love that. Hmm. Oh, thank you. That's so good. Thank you, my friend. Thank you for educating Kelly and me and me before today and probably after today, but for all of our listeners too. And just, yeah, like, I don't know. I kind of feel like the biggest moral is do what you feel is right. If you feel like working with your friends is right, do it. If you feel like bringing your spiritual journey into your business, do it. If you feel like creating a DAO or joining a DAO, do it. Like things are changing. Let's go with it. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Doing Good Business. We hope you'll tune in regularly, leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts, follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter, and most importantly, tell a friend or a few. It's how we can build the critical mass to make the world a better place through business. The Doing Good Business podcast is brought to you by Laura Heacock of Laura Heacock Consulting and Kelly Stewart of The Positive Business. Learn how you can work with us at doinggoodbusiness.com slash the hosts. Let us know what you like about the podcast and what else you'd like to hear about through our online form on the contact page of doinggoodbusiness.com. We'll see you next time.